Welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I'm your host, Meg Ricci. This podcast series is about taking the mystery out of women's hormonal issues and struggles. And today, oral contraceptives, the good, the bad, the truth. I firmly believe every woman has the right to an effective and accessible form of birth control. And I also feel women need to receive full disclosure and informed consent before taking an oral contraceptive. 98% of women have used birth control at some point in time, but presently 62% of those of reproductive age are currently using birth control. So when I ask women, what are the reasons for starting birth control? Most people would assume to prevent an unwanted pregnancy. That's not the reason. Most women start birth control usually around 15, 16, 17, early in college to address symptoms of PMS. So a lot of these women are experiencing uh, cramps, acne, heavy bleeding, and they just don't want to deal with that. So they start birth control at a very young age. But here's the thing. I'm able to eradicate birth control with women within one to three months just by changing their diet. Because when a woman is having symptoms of PMS, it basically means that her hormones are, be dri are being driven actually by the standard American diet. And they're void of the nutrients that a woman needs to have a healthy cycle. So women aren't deficient in birth control. Women are deficient in B vitamins and magnesium and selenium and zinc that allows them to have a healthy cycle. And where do they get that? From the foods that they eat. So I just want to set that tone. So here are the issues and concerns that I have with oral contraceptives, birth control pill. Oral contraceptives hijack your body's hormones. Your reproductive system is now being driven by synthetic hormones that prevent ovulation. Actually, let me change that. They're not just synthetic hormones. They're chemicals that mimic estrogen and progesterone. They are not the real thing. Also, what oral contraceptives do, these chemicals mimic a state of pregnancy. And these synthetic hormones are ethenol, uh, estradiol, and progestins. And what an oral contraceptive does, it basically thickens the lining of the cervix, it prevents sperm from reaching any eggs and thinning of the uterus lining, making it difficult for a fertilized egg to implant. So in my world, oral contraceptives and the pill create a very different conversation in the body that may put a damper on your monthly symptoms of PMS, but it may also be putting a strong damper on your mood. So a woman's hormones influence her mood, her sexual attraction, and how she responds to stress. A woman's hormones influences her brain. And if you change her hormones with ethenylestradiol and progestin, synthetic chemicals that try to mimic estrogen and progesterone, you're going to change her brain chemistry. So I want to quote, um, share a quote with you from a wonderful evolutionary psychologist. Her name is Susan Hill, and she's a professor and an author of a book that will be coming out this fall called This Is Your Brain on Birth Control. 
the surprising science of women, hormones, and the law of unintended consequences. Pill takers have lower levels of estrogen and unbound cortisol than non-pill takers, and these hormones are part of the signalizing machinery that makes us feel like us. For example, we know that estrogen increases a woman's attunement to courtship cues and flirtatiousness. And we know that cortisol is something that plays a role in helping our brains absorb meaning from our environment. However, lower levels of these hormones may make pill-taking women's brains less excitable and less able to absorb all the depth of their experiences that non-pill-taking brains and it may make them feel more flat. And that is actually what I see in my practice. A majority of the women that I work with want to get off the pill. They don't like the way they're feeling. And ironically, most of them still have symptoms of PMS. Birth control pill doesn't eradicate PMS for many women. It actually amplifies it. But the big issue, again, there's something happens. It starts to flatten a woman's mood, or it can for many women, and it can contribute to depression and uh, anxiety. And there was a study that was published in JAMA Psychiatry in the past couple of years. It says, the use of hormonal contraception, especially among adolescents, was associated with subsequent use of antidepressants and a first diagnosis of depression, suggesting depression as a potential adverse effect of hormonal contraceptive use. That's frightening. So let me break that down a little more. It gets me really upset because the gift that we have are our hormones. They are the ebb and flow of who we are in the world. And synthetic hormones are putting a damper on that expression of who we, ha who we are. The potential of who we wish to become um, resides in the potential of who we presently are. And being on synthetic hormones really, I feel, can put a tight lid on that expression. So women who were prescribed the combined pill, that's a combination of ethenyl, estradiol, and progestins, were 23% more likely to be treated with antidepressants. And progestin, that's sometimes called the mini pill, were 34% more likely. But this is the staggering statistic. Teens were 80% more likely if prescribed the combined pill and a two-fold more likely when they were just on progestins. That's frightening. And what do I see so frequently in my practice? I treat a lot of teenagers and a lot of college kids. They're on birth control and then they end up on an antidepressant and then you put on top of that, they're on Adderall. So I see, ugh, oral contraceptives, antidepressants, and sometimes insomnia is part of the picture, and they're taking something like trazodone or Ambien at night to sleep. These are 18 and 19 and 21-year-old women. We need to address this, and how do we address this? I'm gonna flip back again. We look at lifestyle choices and diet and environmental factors. Women are not deficient in synthetic hormones. 
So now I want to talk about the energetics of your cycle. And this is the part that I really, truly love. So during the first half of your cycle, the follicular phase, this is about the rise of estrogen that releases an egg for a potential birth. And it is a time of creativity and a time of exploration for also what can a woman give birth to in her life? How can she share a spark of who she is in the world? It's our drive. It's part of our, our mojo. And during the second half of your cycle, which is referred to as luteal phase, we turn more inward to cultivate the ideas and focus on what we'd like to give birth to, to give form to in our lives. Our premenstrual phase, we're much more sensitive. We feel more things intuitively. That's such a beautiful gift. Women sometimes experience more vivid dreams and moments of deja vu just a few days before their cycle. To me, that's a lifting of the veil. It's an opportunity for your psyche, your soul, to connect with you. And during your bleed, during your actual menses, I say to women, honor your bleed and the shedding. Honor the letting go. Look at that as a metaphor for what is it that you want to let go of in your life. PMS and Chinese medicine if we look in terms of the liver energetics, the, the liver is about the flow, the movement in life. And pertaining to women's hormones, it's also about a woman's menstrual flow. So if a woman is having a heavy flow, or if she's experiencing clots or polyps or fibroids, this is letting me know that there is stagnation of liver chi. And in Chinese medicine, and I may have mentioned this before, the emotions associated with the liver are anger and frustration. And to me, that is about unfulfilled desires. So I believe that polyps and fibroids and clots and having really crappy periods are just a wake-up call to what you need to look at in your life. And my feeling, again, is if you don't, if you're not able to express who you are in the world, to express your joy and your gifts, and in the words of Meister Eckert, who I just so love, he was a fabulous monk during the 14th century, and he said, pay attention. And my feeling is pay attention. If you do not express who you are emotionally, verbally, and creatively in the world, then I believe that the body starts creating polyps and creating these uh, fibroids and clotty periods and cramps to say, if you will not show who you are in the world, I will express them internally. Because each and every month, it gives us the most beautiful opportunity to express and birth some aspect of who we are in the world. And also the beauty of discomfort. It's a catalyst for change. Never Change will never take place in your lives unless you're a little uncomfortable with what you feel. When you start your bleed, it's a time to hit 
the pause button and take it down a few gears. It's a great time for nesting and organizing. You may notice it right at the beginning of your period or day before, you just wanna organize things in your life. You're kind of organizing and preparing for maybe just the potential child, or you're organizing, preparing for the things that you're creating in your life. You wanna make room for it energetically. And I think it's really important when we, when we bleed, it's a time to allow ourselves to release, to let go, give yourself a break from those heavy workouts. It's a time to like wait a few days and stop the hot yoga and the orange theory and just allow yourself to be. And when you go on an oral contraceptive for premenstrual issues, what happens is there's a part of you that is actually shutting down because there's a manipulation of the production of, of estrogen and progesterone. You're not going to get that same ebb and flow when you're on synthetic hormones. And I remember, you know, in my 20s, um, before I became a, a practitioner of acupuncture and women's health, back in, the, in, in my 20s and in, in mid-30s, I was an art director and I was a creative uh, consultant. And I remember my first job, I was like a junior art director and I worked for a wonderful magazine called Omni. I loved, when I had my cycle, about... Day four, day five, I felt on top of the world. I felt so creative. I just rocked it. And I remember that, and I so looked forward to that time of my cycle. And I have to say, I was so creative at work. And then the second half of the cycle, and I, it would always time with the, where I was in creating the magazine for the month, it was a great time to kind of organize the design and work with the photographers and work with the um, typesetters to structure the magazine so we could put it out on time at the end of the month. But there was just this beautiful, wonderful ebb and flow. And I remember in my later 40s, I think my body was still screaming at me going, you can have a baby. And I used to have, I remember on ovulation, my mojo was so incredibly high. And I had really wonderful cycles. I didn't experience PMS. I had terrible PMS in my earlier teens, in my 20s, because I was also, as I mentioned in my first episode, I was struggling with an eating disorder. My eating was all over the place. But once I started working with a nutritionist, I worked with a fabulous herbalist, I never had cramps. So I remember one day I was, it was a Saturday morning, I had to go to clinic for acupuncture. And I got up in the morning and I was in the bathroom and I went, oh, I have my period. And I went, wow, I feel absolutely amazing. And I had the most incredible day in clinic. And I remember walking to the subway going, I love my menstrual cycle. It is such a gift. And when I finally started going through perimenopause and menopause in my early 50s and my period stopped, I was really sad. I loved having my monthly bleed. It was a beautiful way for me to check in. So when I work with women today, my goal is for them to have periods that are pretty clean, that 
maybe around the time of their bleed, they may feel a little tired, but they can check in. It's a time to, to, to go inward and kind of assess what's going on in one's life. What changes can I make? What can I let go of? Or the things that I can work on to help nurture me. That's my commitment to women. And we're not supposed to have cramps and tender breasts. So the beauty of being able to honor the ebb and flow of your cycle is really, truly, truly powerful. And there's something really cool about the various stages of your menstrual cycle. And when you can experience that kind of natural rhythm and work with it, your world opens up energetically. This is the work I love to share with women. It's truly is a collaboration, and I love to help them find the beauty and the rhythm in their cycles. And it's not that life is placed on hold when we have our cycle, it's that you can hold your life. So what I'd like to share with you now, and I, I didn't bring it up a little earlier, I wanna share some of the symptoms that women experience when they're on oral contraceptives. I see a lot of women have low sex drive, vaginal dryness, anxiety, depression, actually worsening of PMS. I see that a lot. But it's also that feeling of actually just feeling a bit flat, low energy, weight gain, bloat, headaches. Maybe these are some symptoms that you're experiencing, but it can also impact and lower your thyroid hormone. And being on the pill for, for a long duration of time can actually interfere and delay conception. And I've seen that a lot. I've had women on birth control from the age of 15 until the age of 34. And their bodies need time to actually find that natural rhythm, find that place of like, oh my God, you mean I can actually produce estrogen and progesterone and ovulate? These women haven't ovulated for 15 to 20 years. We're meant to ovulate every month. I also believe that oral contraceptives can impact the quality of a woman's follicles. And here's something else that's really interesting. When you're taking an oral contraceptive, and, and I really feel that it's the responsibility of your, your gynecologist or primary to tell you this. It depletes your body of certain nutrients. It depletes you of B vitamins such as folate, B5, B6, B12. It depletes you of zinc and selenium and magnesium. And guess what? You need those nutrients, those vitamins and those minerals to have a healthy uh, menstrual cycle. So women are left super depleted. And if women decide to stay in their oral contraceptive, I'm, I'm just going to really highly recommend you go on a super, super good um, women's multivitamin with iron and minerals. It's really important. And I'd recommend taking a B-complex and um, making sure that you're getting 400 milligrams a vitamin of, of magnesium daily. And also something important for all of us, probiotics are really important in the detoxification of estrogens, and I'm going to say it again, I'll probably say it every episode. It's really important for women to have, be on a multi-strain good probiotic because it helps you to detox uh, hormones and also your microbiome influences your mood and your hormones. And actually, I'm going to go more into that in next um, 
the next podcast. Um, I will actually have a psychiatrist, Dr. Caroline Smythe, on um, my show. She's a functional medicine psychiatrist, and we're actually going to talk about leaky gut, leaky brain, depression, and anxiety, and where the link is there. So getting back to the, the symptoms that women experience when they're on the pill, and again, I really, it's amazing. I've had such a wave of women since I moved down to Charleston in the past five years that have come to see me because I want to get off the pill. And what a lot of these women have noticed is that when they get off the pill, they feel more vibrant, they feel real, sexy. Women say to me, I feel motivated. I'm no longer depressed. And I love this. One woman, uh, she came at, um, after she'd been off the pill, uh, her birth control for a few months, she said, Meg, I'm no longer feeling flat. I didn't even know that I was feeling flat. I was completely unaware. And once I went off the pill, I felt like I found me again. And it is so important for women to be in touch with what they feel. And I feel the issue with the birth control pill, it's very insidious. You lose touch with a certain part of you. And once you get off birth control, and some women experience this, they're starting to feel the real you again, the real person that they are. And it's been so long that it's so unfamiliar. So I say to women, when you're riding out the first few months of being off the pill, give yourself time and permission to reacquaint you with you. And it is very powerful. Um, now here's something interesting about, I think it was in 2016, there was a clinical trial uh, for men to oral contraceptives that was stopped. And the reason for that, they had safety concerns because men were developing acne and mood swings and other symptoms. Sound familiar? <sighs> I need to pause on that. Sound familiar? We're not meant to be an oral contraceptive. So this is the recommendation I make to women. And I do this with so many of the women I work with because they're kind of freaking out. They're like, oh my God, I'm getting off birth control. I'm going to have heavy cramps. I'm going to start um, breaking out again. I'm going to get the bloat and, and the sweats. I said, no, no, no. Let's keep you on your birth control for the next cycle or two. We're going to work on your diet. We're going to completely clean it up. I usually get them off the pill within one cycle. And then... I say, let's keep you off any form of birth control for a few months. I'd like you to use you know, condoms as protection. I want you to feel the natural rhythm of your cycle. I want to make sure that I'm addressing any underlying issues that need to be resolved. You know, and I always look at the gut. I look at digestion. I may put women on chasteberry. I may do a variety of things to reset their hormones. There's a beautiful Chinese herbal formula. It's so simple. It's called Zhao Yao Wan. It's free and easy wander. I love that in addressing um, women's hormonal concerns. But I truly find that I'm able to help women get back on track in a few months. And then I recommend they use a non-hormonal IUD. I think that's really 
safe, and smart. And I do find that when I'm able to have women get, stay off the pill for a few months, clean up their diets, address their hormones, balance everything out, and then they go on an IUD, they actually don't have that heavy bleeding and cramping. And that's a big concern that women have. You can also consider a condom. I had one client, she loved her cervical cap. And there is a fertility tracker device called DAISY, that's D-A-Y-S-Y, and that offers a very, it's a, a tracker device that offers a very reliable and precise ovulation calculation. I think it has an accuracy of, don't quote me on this, I think it's 97 to 99.3%. I think it's, it's equivalent to what birth control uh, oral contraceptives offer. So that's something you may want to look into. So I want to kind of circle back to the PMS and diet. PMS is a state of inflammation. So what I look at, what is the gasoline on the fire? And the gasoline on the fire is the standard American diet. It is inflammatory. So when you change the way you eat, when you bring in a lot of cruciferous vegetables and leafy greens and lean proteins and healthy nuts and healthy fats and cut back on that sugar, guess what happens? When you start making healthy lifestyle choices, you have a healthy menstrual cycle. It's really that simple. It's really that simple. There is absolute magic and beauty to a woman's menstrual cycle. And I really want women to get back to that and to honor their cycle and kind of be excited about that time of the month where they bleed and they have their flow and they can pay attention to the different stages like, oh, wow, I just finished my bleed on day four or day five. Wow, I wonder what's creatively going to happen this month. What can I work on? What, what, is, my, what is my psyche telling me that would be exciting and interesting to create and work towards? And then you get to spend the second half of your cycle. And I'm being a little linear about it, but if you really pay attention, it's true. Then you start focusing on the things that you want to see take place in your life. And then closer to your period, you get a time to wind down and go inward and ask, what is it that I need? What can I release? And what can I let go of during my bleed in this cycle? And once you understand that rhythm, your periods are so powerful. So now I want to share something really cool. And maybe some of you have heard about it. It's called, <laughs> I have to laugh, the sweaty t-shirt experiment. And I think it was published about 11 years ago. Um, it says that women may be drawn to certain men because of the way they smell and hormonal birth control can interfere. So the pill is thought to disrupt the instinctive mechanism that brings together people with complementary genes and immune system. Couples with different genes are less likely to experience fertility problems or miscarriages. So experts believe women are naturally attracted to men with immune systems and genes that differ from uh, differ than their own because of their smell. 
And um, there was a research done with 100 women. And what they did, they were able to sniff six male um, body odor samples from 97 volunteers and and say which they preferred with tests carried out on both before and after the woman had started taking the pill. So I just want to backtrack a little because I'm reading this from an article, by the way. Uh, a man's uh, pheromonal odor is partly determined by what is called MHC. And MHC is a cluster of, it's the major histocompatibility uh, complex. It's a cluster of genes which help build proteins involved in the body's immune response, but also influences smells and, and signal, uh, smell signals called femorones. So a man's uh, pheromonal odor is partly determined by the um, MHC, and from a woman's point of view, a man has an alluring smell and is also likely to have a suitable immune uh, system genes. It, that it says that new research provides evidence that contraceptive fill, pills can actually upset this process. And the results showed that the preference of women who began using contraceptives pills shifted towards men with genetically similar odors. And this is according to uh, Dr. Roberts at the University of Liverpool. So basically, when a woman's on the pill, she's in a perpetual state of pregnancy. And her choice and partner is going to be someone who's going to be reliable and secure and nurturing. So I just want to plant that seed. I do think this is really interesting. So not only could MHC similarity in couples lead to fertility problems, it could also ultimately lead to the breakdown of relationships when women stop using the contraceptive pill as odor perception plays a significant role in maintaining attraction to partners. So being on the pill simulates a state of pregnancy, which I said before, which may reverse a woman's reaction to male's odors. So finding a, uh, finding a particular uh, man sexually attractive is not so important for these women once a woman is, ex is expecting a child. So what should a woman do? And this is from um, another researcher. Uh, she's from Israel. Her name is Dr. Birnbaum. And she says she would recommend women withhold from using the pill until they find a long-term partner and use alternative non-hormonal contraceptives in the meantime. I actually feel that women should stay on, on non-hormonal contraceptives. But she said, let your body choose the right partner for you without the hormonal interference induced by the pill. So if you choose to stay in an oral contraceptive, that's your choice. But I think what's really important Work with someone like me that can make sure that you're taking the right supplements and that you have the, uh, you're following a really, really good nutritional program. I recommend that to everyone. And if you're choosing to get off the pill, there's so much that you can do. Again, addressing your diet, acupuncture can be part of the picture, um, taking herbs that will help to um, your cycle, find its own natural rhythm is very important. And the great thing is, women, we have such 
magic in our cycles. I want you to celebrate that. I really mean it. I loved having my monthly bleed. There are so many women that I work now that really celebrate their cycle. They're pain-free. They totally get into the rhythm of who they are. It is really, really powerful stuff. I want to thank you for joining me today. And if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to work with me, shoot me an email at megrichichi.com. You've been listening to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Subscribe, rate, and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And until we meet next time, may you rock this world, may you fall in love with you, and may you find a new you that you never knew before. Many blessings. Take good care.